All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. Thank you for joining us here on this Wednesday today, Tim. January 11th, 2023. I think I should do that. Just do a little. It's uh, overcast here in Traverse City. We're looking around 36 degrees with a slight chance of rain later in the afternoon. How's it in North Carolina, Tim? Beautiful. Uh, It's a little chilly, but no, it's really nice. Yesterday, I was walking around with shorts and a t-shirt on. So no, it's been yeah, yeah. It's chillier today. It's like forty five, um, but it's nice. It was thirty five when I woke up, and I didn't wear a jacket because I'm like, this is nice, and it, it's it's a nice day today. It's a nice day all around. You know what else is nice, Tim? It's midway through the NHL. Wait, wait, wait! Before we get into it, what I, I want to talk about something. Okay. okay. Um, I don't live in Traverse City anymore, but I do keep up with the news and the hockey world and men's league stuff and you had a game last weekend i heard it was a tight game and okay. someone said that you left halfway through the game What's yeah i did jerv wow. you talked to jerv still <laughs> what happened um so i quit a league just because I, I wasn't having fun in the league anymore it, it, it yeah. had grown the the team that i joined we didn't care about winning and losing we just went we played Usually one, but then we hung out in the locker room for an hour, two hours, two and a half hours afterwards and socialized. That's what I, that's what I enjoyed. So after COVID, the league started up again and the team changed. We lost a few of the vets. We brought in some new faces and I just didn't like where the, I didn't like the direction it was heading. So this season I said, I'm not going to play on your guys' team. I'll I'll pop in every once in a while if the timing works out. And I joined a different team, different league. And it's been more enjoyable for me. So that's why. Because my the team that I currently am on had a game at 750. And so my prior team, the Jolly Pumpkin A-League team, started at 715. So I left right uh, before the third period started, which was crucial because I think we were tied or we might have been winning by one. At that point, yeah, and I was playing great. I was reading the the newspaper. You guys were tied four to four after two, um, 
And the boys didn't know you're on another team. It sounded like it, it almost seemed like you were quitting on them or something or just uh, or couldn't mm-hmm. couldn't take the heat, maybe. Well, we we were low numbers, so we only had, I think, three or four defensemen. And I was playing forward. I was playing forward because we didn't have many. We had three defensemen and six forwards. So the team we were playing were just a bunch of 18, 19, 20 year old kids just buzzing around. I think I yeah. when I left, I think I had three assists plus three. <laughs> yeah. OK. Yeah. Prime primary assists. Nice. So I still got it. It was fun, but I, I, I left, I went to my team and we just got absolutely smoked like 10 to three. I got a hat trick. So it was good. What are you going to do? Well, five periods of hockey in two hours, right? That's a lot, it's a lot for a man your age. You're getting older. Not 39 anymore. Definitely 40. But yeah, I don't know, Tim, what would you write? Here's a, here, here's a question. Would you rather play in the best league and not have fun or play in a league that isn't as good, but have a lot of fun? The second one at this point in my life. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Our team's terrible. Half the guys have never played hockey before. So we get smoked every week. Well, you go, well, you have a couple drinks. You, you just enjoy each other's company. And that's what it's all about. And that's what it was a shame because my A-League team, I used to love it. I used to have so much fun. We used to go, we used to laugh, exchange stories, bust each other's chops. It was great. And then we just, you know, just things changed. We lost a couple guys. Like I said, we added a few guys and it's not the same vibe. So I left. I made a decision. Well, I'm glad that you had another game because I didn't want to hear that you were getting frustrated and you quit like because you didn't want to play the third period for no reason. You know, I was plus three with three assists. I was dominating. Okay, Absolutely dominating. No, I I believe you. Yeah, Jerve. We were playing physical too. The other team, because they were younger and faster. They're a good team. We were slower and older. We just started playing the body a little bit. And it's a non-contact league. Oh, they were getting so mad. These kids were short, like five, five, a hundred pounds, some of them. They were so small. And I just push them. And so but some guys in our team were actually hitting. <laughs> I was dying laughing. It's so funny. These young kids get so upset. I'm just like, guys, no, you're going to get beat up. First of all, like there, there's no good ending to this of you just confronting someone that hits you. And that guy is 70 pounds heavier, 10 years older, and has been in countless fights. So just stop. It's just funny to see people get upset. Like, oh, what, what the heck was that? It's like, what are you going to do? You're going you're to do nothing. The ref's not calling it because the ref knows all of us. And so it was just funny. But anyways, can we move on to the NHL stuff? Or do you want to talk about uh, this anymore? I would just say one thing, and then we'll move on. Just just okay. keep in mind when you're out there, you represent both of us. It's my I name's do. on the line. So just 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 keep that in mind. Should I break my leg more? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get a oh, you know what? injury? <laughs> uh, I got, uh, I'm like reworking some financial stuff, and I got new life insurance. And I'm like, clean health slate everything's clean as a whistle and i got a lower rate but i couldn't get the lowest possible rate because of my leg injury last year because i'm like i I dropped from like the preferred elite tier to just the preferred tier just because of a fluke accident that probably never happened again it's not like oh i was i fell out like while climbing a cliff or something but whatever what do you pay per month what's your payout if you croak a million uh 500 yeah and how much do you pay a month because i I got my life insurance right now well i just switched to i think it's 39 oh yeah. mine's lower than yours and i get a million i'm healthier than you yeah. unbelievable you're, you're still doing that through the league no on my own 
Danielle nice. made me get it. She's like, what if you die? <laughs> I don't know. So I got life insurance. All right, moving on. It's midway through the season, Tim. Most teams have played 42 games. Some have played a little bit more, 43. Some have played a little bit less, 39. But for the most part, the majority of teams have played 42 games. What does that mean? It means we're going to recap the first half of the season and give you some new picks for our season-ending awards, some new bold predictions for the second half, maybe some surprising teams, some surprising players. I like doing this. Because coming into this season, everybody has their their perceptions on, okay, who's going to have a good season? What teams are going to win the Stanley Cup? Who's going to be there at the end of the day? Midway through the season, some guys are still there. There's a lot of new faces, Tim, that have jumped up into the crop of elite players. And it's fun to talk about because we don't get a chance to just pause a little bit and reflect. Did we make a mistake? Who's having a great season? Maybe who needs to change things up and turn things around for the second half of the season? So let's dig into it. Let's start with the creme de la creme, the number one trophy at the end of the year, the Hart Trophy, named after Bob Hart. I don't know who it's named after, but it's the Hart Trophy. Who is the Hart Trophy named after? I don't know you know, either. Off the top of my know. head. No, neither do I. Even all the trophies. I don't. The Jack Adams, I know. Who's named after Jack Adams, but the Vesna Calder Norris, are they actual people? They have to be. They all are, yeah. The Lady Bing, the Con Smythe. Oh, they're all people from what the nineteen twenties. Do you see the USA is spending a bunch of money to rename all their um government stuff like Fort Bragg and Fort This and Lee and all these they're they're changing all the names. They're spending sixty-five million dollars doing that. Change all the names. What do you think about that? You probably hate it. Well, there's <laughs> probably a better use of $65 million than printing out new labels and stuff. Um, but I don't know. I don't have a problem with it. Just erasing history. Not Come erasing on, it. Come on, you, don't wanna, you don't want to celebrate it, though. Let's get in trouble. Come on. No. Say something. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Uh, okay. Heart Trophy. Before the season, it was really a three, four horse race, right? Kale McCarr, Igor Shosturkin. Leon Dreinside, O'Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews. Those were the guys who everybody expected to be in the running for the Hart Trophy. Well, Shesterkin's played okay. He's not in the mix. Austin Matthews, meh. Kale McCarr, meh. Not Hart Trophy level production. Connor McDavid, it's his trophy to lose at this point. He's got 77 points. He leads the league. The guy is an absolute wagon, as Tim likes to say. He just he puts up points at an epic pace that no one has seen since Wayne Gretzky. He's on pace for 150 points. It's his award to lose, right, Tim? It is. And a wagon has to be a team. You can't call a guy a wagon. I might call Why? him a stallion. Why can't um, a guy be a wagon? I'm so confused. When I don't make the stuff. rules. Yeah. I, I this Are one, you I, just saying that just to be or no. is that a thing? It's a it's a thing. It's a thing. Says who? Wagon is a team. It just is. It just is. So I, <laughs> there's a lot of fun things happening right now in the league. You look at what Jason Robertson's doing. Tage Thompson, obviously, will probably get some votes. Pasternak, even a Jack Hughes. But you're right. You can't this do Conor, this. You can't do this. This is Connor McDavid's I, I have another guy in mind, and you're just ripping through all these other players. You just so, you just shared your pick. No, no, that's you? not my pick. That I think okay. I said that's the obvious pick. He's not my pick. 
Okay. Well, he's my pick because it is the obvious pick. It's his trophy. It just is. He's going to lap the competition. I, 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 I want to make a case for these other guys and maybe you're about to, but Connor McDavid, 77 points. It's, it's just, it's silly now. So it's, it's, he's going to win it. What makes an MVP? Makes your team better, right? Improves your team. Yes. He improves the Edmonton Oilers. Where does the Oilers stand right now? Second wild card, maybe, maybe they were Stanley cup contenders to start the season. They went out, they had a great off season. Yes. He's playing great. Do I think he's elevating the play of the people around him? I don't, I really don't. So my MVP pick, I wrestled with this one, the six foot six, 220 pound, just Adonis of a man, Tage Thompson lifting the Buffalo Sabres from just, just the, the depths of despair that they've been the last three, four, five years. Now they're sniffing the playoffs. He was he was almost my pick, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little curveball here. I'm gonna dip into a guy who's been around the league. He's won multiple Stanley Cups. He's won multiple Hart trophies. Sidney Crosby. Ooh, 35 years old, just dragging this Pittsburgh Penguins team to competitiveness. Yes, I know where they stand in the standings right now. They're in the wild card hunt. They've fallen of late. They're three, five, and two in their last ten. Sidney Crosby leads the team in goals, assists, shooting percentage, ice time for forwards. He's doing it all for this team. They've lost to some talent. They're aging. Latang's not having a great year. He's on pace for 90-plus points, Tim, and 40-plus goals. He hasn't had those type of numbers since 18, 19 years, 2018-2019. He's 35 years old. I think he's playing fantastic. He does everything right. I know he's not going to come anywhere near the points trophy, the Rocket Richard, all that stuff. But Sid the kid, man. He's Sid the man. He's not Sid the kid. I think he has to be in the conversation for the Hart Trophy just based on that. He's playing fantastic hockey, and he's dragging this Pittsburgh Penguin team to being a contender, to getting a seat at the table. The same could be said for Ovechkin. I'm not going to leave him out as well. These two guys are just keeping these two teams relevant well after their expiry date. Pittsburgh and Washington, they have no business being where they're at. These two teams have been competitive for decades now because of these two guys. So I'm I'm going to the kid. And this was tough because Tage Thompson, he's second in goals. He's sixth in points, leads the Sabres in all offensive categories. He's playing great. But if it's anybody's award other than McDavid's, it's got to be Sidney Crosby. Jason Robertson's, yes, he's playing great. But I I don't know. I like the nostalgia stuff. I think you have to look at the total scope of a player. Sid's doing it all over the ice. And the people he's playing with, not, you know, not as great line mates as other people have. Like when you look at McDavid, he gets to play with some pretty talented players. Don't, right? He gets Dreinsidel, he gets Hyman, he gets some decent line mates. If I'm Sid the Kid, I get okay line mates. Jake Gensel is okay. Brian Rust, actually Jake Gensel is legit. But Brian Rust, Ricard Raquel, Jason Zucker, I guess they're okay. I'm going Sid. He's my MVP right now. That's, That's my heart trophy winner midway through the season. It's not a bad pick, and I, I don't, I don't, I want to argue with it. But when we post these, these uh, our picks, you know, you're going to get ripped for like, 
first, you don't pick McDavid on your top five playoffs, and now you're not picking him for the MVP when he's probably going to run away with it. You're going to get some heat for that. No, no, no. This is it. It is McDavid's award. I know how you're going to set up the tweet. It's like John thinks Crosby's going to win the heart. No, 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 no. 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 McDavid will win the, the heart. Just the names. McDavid will win the heart, but Crosby should win the heart. That's all I'm saying. Post that on Twitter. McDavid will win. Crosby should win midway through the season. Norris Trophy, best defenseman in the NHL. Coming into the season, McCarr, Fox, Yossi, Hedman. Those are the names you expect, right, Tim? Those are the guys who have done it the last four or five years. Not anymore. Carlson's leading the D in points. Rasmus Dahlin's right behind him. McCarr and Fox, they're close, but they're not at the top. Who do you have, Tim, as your Norris frontrunner right now? Yeah, there's a few guys here um, that I'm looking at because so Adam Fox is th- I think third among defensemen in points, and he's Fourth. also if you yeah if you look at like the advanced stats, he's like doing all these special things with like time on ice and zone and breakaways and takeaways and all that stuff. Um, and I really like what Morrissey's done because you could almost make if there's a defenseman MVP, it might be Morrissey just because. Uh, of, of the points he's he's put up for a team that wasn't supposed to be this good. And he's been such a huge part of that offense and defense. I love what Darlene's doing, but Eric Carlson is my pick. I know that's not, probably a little bit of a boring safe pick just because he leads defenseman in points, but John, he leads the entire league in even strength points. It's not just for uh defenseman. He's just really good. I know the sharks aren't really in it, but they wouldn't be doing anything at all. If it weren't for him, he's got 55 points in 42 games. He's going to get 90 plus if he keeps this up, which I think he will. Um, so yeah, it's got to be him for me. Yeah, that was the surprising stat. He's got 41 even strength points. When I saw his 55 points, I'm like, ah, he's got to have 25, 30 power play points. This, this number's too inflated. Guy's got 41 even strength points. He's only got 14 power play points. So he's playing really, really good hockey. He's minus two for a San Jose team. Who, no, that's I think that's a good stat, minus two right. for this team. When when there's other guys on this team, like Vlasic is double digits dash, Mario Ferraro, friend of the show, both friend of the shows, double digit dash. So I think Carlson will get a lot of votes, but he plays on the San Jose Sharks. That's his only detriment. It's his only ping to his resume. I'm going to go off the page again. And here's the thing. This is this is why I like these these shows, because it's fun to talk about guys who people aren't talking about. Hampus Lindholm for the Boston Bruins doesn't get a lot of points. He's not a sexy defenseman. He's plus 29. He held the fort when Charlie McAvoy was out. Five goals, 23 assists. He's a bona fide number one defenseman playing on the second unit with Brandon Carlo. Makes that Bruins team a Stanley Cup contender. If Hampus Lindholm isn't on that team, they're not even anywhere near where they're at in the standings right now. The guy plays 25-plus minutes a night. He is lights out every single night, and he does everything good. First PK unit, second power play unit, and he's doing it every single night. I don't. I know he doesn't score like Carlson. I know he doesn't move around the ice like a Kale McCarr and Adam Fox. You watch Hampus Lindholm play. It's it's a beautiful thing to watch. He he reminds me of a Scott Niedermeyer. Maybe not as offensively gifted, 
but just goes about his business. You look at the box score at the end of the night, he's played 25 minutes. He's maybe got one assist plus three. It's like, dang, man, it's a pretty good night. And you don't even notice him. So I'm going Hampus Lindholm. I thought you would really enjoy that. He's plus 29. I he's do. Got 28 points for him. That That's pretty good for a defenseman. So you figure the end of the season, he wraps up 55, 60 points plus 50. He has to be in the conversation. If the Bruins are still at the top of the standings, which I think they will be, it's it's a pretty good resume to argue that he is the Norris Trophy winner. But it, it won't because you, you got to give it to the guy who's got the most points. And this is why these awards, I say it every year, it, it, they don't mean much. There's more value to a player, especially defensively, than just putting points on the board. So Carlson's playing great. But I think he has a little bit more of a rope because San Jose is not expected to win. And maybe his defensive responsibilities aren't the same as a Hampus Lindholm who consistently lines up versus the other team's top line night in and night out. Where Carlson, he's just like, we're going to lose. I'm just going to get the puck and go. Let her rip, tater chip. Like that, that's what he does. So I like a Hampus Lindholm. I love what Eric Carlson's doing. If he gets 100 points, it's him. But I don't know. If Lindholm can continue this pace, I it's hard not to talk about him. I'm surprised you didn't bring him up. Yeah, no, he's been their best defenseman probably all season long, even after McAvoy got back. And it, it's just, you're right. This is a completely different team if he's not there. And so, yeah, I don't I don't fault you at all for that pick. I don't obviously don't think he's going to win, but he'll get some votes and rightfully so. Yeah, no, he, he is the difference maker on that team right now. Yes, I know they have other pieces and we'll get to them in a second. But Hampus Lindholm, man, he's having a good season. All right, moving on. Calder, rookie of the year. This is now this is a one horse race. More so than Connor McDavid for the heart. Don't you think that this race is all but wrapped up? The guy out west eating coho salmon, just killing it for the sophomore assassin Seattle Kraken. Is it not Maddie Bernier's? Beniers. 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 Is that your it's, pick? It's got to be Maddie. I have two. I have him and Owen Power for the Buffalo Sabres. Oh, I know he doesn't have any goals. He hasn't scored yet. He's got 14 assists. He's plus 10. Kind of solidified, much like Hampus Lindholm has done to the Boston Bruins. Buffalo already had a 1 2 defensive shutdown line. You slot Owen Power behind Rasmus Dahlin. It's really solidified the Sabres. They have a decent top four. I know we talked last episode. Maybe they have another piece to slide in with power, but I like what he's done. He's not overwhelmed by the ice time he's getting. He's getting 24 minutes a game. It's a lot for a young kid coming out of college playing two times a week. It hasn't faltered him. He's playing really, really good, sound, safe hockey. If you were to tell me midway through the season, Owen Power would be plus 10 on a Buffalo Sabres team. With 14 points, I'll take it. I'll absolutely take it. But right now, I think it's it's Matty Beignets. I think he's playing great. Leads the D or leads the, the rookies in goals, second in assists, 34 points, plus 12. Really turn that Seattle Kraken into an exciting team to watch. Yes, I know they went out, they got Burakovsky from Colorado. He's played well. They have some other pieces. Jaden Schwartz are playing. It's Jordan Everly. It's a fun team to watch, but I think it all runs through Matty Beignets. That's a great pick, and I love Beignet, but Beniers, you got me saying it wrong. Um, 
and I, I was looking at Owen Power too, but I picked a different guy, a third player. I think you're, I think you're focusing a little too much on the skaters. There's a rookie goalie who's doing some pretty special stuff. Think about Las Vegas, Man. their goalie situation. Last year, they trade Flurry for basically nothing, and everyone's kind of scrambling to put all their eggs in one basket, and then laner's out for the season unexpectedly you basically we were joking about like playing the whole season with six skaters leaving the net empty like who's going to play goalie for them this kid comes out of nowhere logan thompson look at what he's done between the pipes he started 28 out of their 42 games he's 18 and 10 gives him a chance to win every single night he's got a couple of shutouts his peripheral stats are pretty good He's like sixth in the league in save percentage, I think, and, and you know, top 10 in goals against. He's just been really, really solid for them when they really, really needed it. And and the offense has been there. The Eichel, uh, the March or so, like those guys have been producing. And and they obviously have two of the, I would say, two of the top 12 to 15 defensemen in Petrangelo and Shea Theodore. But they, they just didn't know what they were going to get in between the pipes. And Logan Thompson has been really, really good for them. And I think he's going to get – to me, if it's between him and Beneers. I could see Beneers totally getting it. He's I, I'm a big Matty Beneers guy. But Logan Thompson deserves some votes, and he would be my pick. Yeah, that's a good pick. Both of these guys are playing very, very good. Own power, especially. But, yeah, uh, I think it's Ben Beignets. Beignets. Ben, ben, Beignets. Beignets. I'm doing. All right. Vesna. One horse race again. When you look at all the stats, even the advanced stats, goals saved above expected, save percentage on unblocked shots, save percentage above expected, goals against better than expected, everything. This guy is leading everybody. Linus Walmart. Is there is there any reason to have a conversation? This guy's got it. He could coast to the Vesna at this point in the season. Can we just put put this one to bed? He's the only starter with the goals against minus uh, below two. His save percentage is closing in on 940. It's 938. Those are like playoff numbers. That's like Tim Thomas, Jonathan Quick, like when those goalies get hot type playoff numbers. That's not a whole season. And by the way, he's 22 one and one he's got two losses one of them in overtime it doesn't make sense um so yeah one horse race this is this is his trophy to lose what an amazing signing it, amazing it, it really everybody shook their head you're getting him from the sabers you're signing him for five million dollars that seems a little high it was swayman's net that's what we yeah. thought this guy comes in everybody from buffalo i'm a buffalo insider i talked to everybody in buffalo and they said don't sleep on this guy He's a, he kept us in so many games. You go back and listen to these podcasts when he signed. This is exactly what I said. They said, don't sleep on this guy. He kept the Sabres in games. They had no business being in. Fast forward two years. Had a bumpy year last year. I think he would admit that. He's playing great. He's playing fantastic. It's his award to lose. He plays on a very good Boston Bruins team. That buttresses him up a little bit. But, man, he's playing great. He's playing fantastic. Historic numbers. Igor Shosturkin numbers from last year. I will say this. If he does falter, there's a guy who I like. Took some heat the last few years. Won a Stanley Cup. Didn't get the recognition maybe he deserves. Darcy Kempfer. Playing pretty good for the Washington Capitals. Capitals team, maybe they don't have the best talent on the back end. John Carlson's been out. A couple veterans who have been around the league kind of holding the fort on the back end their forward crew not 
not typically known for a strong defensive-minded play. He's playing pretty good. Leads the league in shutouts. For up there, save percentage, goals against, top 10, both stats. I, I like Darcy Kemper. I think he's a good goalie. I think he's playing well for the Washington Capitals. I think he has shaken that reputation he had in Colorado. Or, oh, the Avalanche won the Cup. It wasn't him. It was a team. He's a pretty damn good goalie. I like Darcy Kemper. I think he's playing well in Washington. I think he deserves some votes, but much like the other awards, much like the Hart, much like the Calder, Linus Olmark, this is his award to lose at this point, but the, it's it's not set in stone just yet. Darcy Kemper's playing well. Logan Thompson might get some might get some votes there, but right now, gosh, Olmark's playing super, super good. All right. The most boring award of the year. Jack Adams. Nobody cares about this award. But we're going to give you the, our prediction. Correction, Tim, you don't care about it. I Well, I do. I do. But when when you're checking the the results from the award shows, this isn't the first one you go to. This is the last one. This one in the Selkie. Right? Whenever yeah. they do the articles, it's like, and uh, the Jack Adams goes to, and you've already moved on from the article by that point. Oh, yes. In my eyes, it's a three-horse race. In my eyes. Maybe four. I, I, Lindy Ruff was there, but I feel like he's fallen off just because the Devils have been struggling the last month and a half. They they really have are not the same team. My three guys, and I know you're thinking the same thing, Cassidy Montgomery, right now, the guy in the lead is Sheldon Keefe for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think he's I think he's done a fantastic, a masterful job for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think all the turmoil this offseason, the unknown between the pipes, just the constant pressure for him and Kyle Dubas. This guy's done a great job, Tim. He's got Toronto sitting. What where are they? Just behind the Boston Bruins in the standings. They're playing great hockey. Even with Austin Matthews not playing so great this year, not scoring to the standard that he has. I gotta give it to Sheldon Keefe. He is my number one Jack Adams pick right now. Is, is you, are you trying to be like clever? Trying to be a contrarian no. with this pick? Toronto is twenty five. They're right where they seven. should be. They're they're right where they've been. Where the last four years, they're right where they're supposed to be. Like he's not they're, done a bad job, but they're second place coach in the, of the year. They're second coach place. The yeah, they're to second. To who? Toronto. To who? Who are they second to? Boston. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that would be my pick, Jim Montgomery. And <laughs> I don't, I don't think there's any homerism to that. Though no. maybe a little more because I've seen the games, um, and I know how much better the players are playing under him. But the Bruins, you weren't even sure if they were going to be a playoff team. I think you might have predicted they wouldn't be. No, and that's not true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was um, yes. And so, yeah, the, the thirty-two, four, and four. Come on, come on. This is silly. Jim Montgomery is. I would say more than any one player, it's Jim Montgomery is the big difference in this season. So, yeah, you got to give it to him. I think he will probably end up running away with it. Well, they have a losing record in the shootout. Oh, no. They're two and three. That's going to hurt them in the playoffs. Might. <laughs> yeah. Good. I like Jim Montgomery. Yeah, he's the tap-in. He, he is the front-runner right now. But I St. Sheldon keep... More pressure to be a coach in Toronto than in Boston. Way more pressure, especially when you've been 
this bad in the playoffs for a few years. I thought he was going to lose his job last year. And he's come back. He's played great. This team is playing very, very, very good hockey. All right. Let's do some surprises. Good stuff, bad stuff. We'll do team. We'll do player. Then we'll put a bow on this episode. What's a, what's a good team that's surprising you this year, Tim? That came out of nowhere. Well, I think the obvious one, the one that is the tap in, like you said, is the New Jersey Devils. This was, we thought this was going to be a, a bottom dwelling team because they added these, most of these pieces last year, like a Dougie. And, and you kind of thought, okay, maybe they're sort of working on something and they were still bad. They were still bad. Jack Hughes was doing a little something here and there, but they were still a bad team. And all of a sudden this year, they won, I don't know, 13 games in a row or something to start the year after losing the first couple. And I know they've faltered a little bit lately, but this is still like the feel good story around the league, what they've done. It's going to be, it's just a, it's a very exciting young team. Jack Hughes is probably one of the most dynamic young players in the entire NHL. And so for a team that has surprised me in a good way, it absolutely has to be the New Jersey Devils. Again, much like Lindy Ruff, I I would have said them a month ago. I think everybody would have said them, but they're starting to come down to earth. The team hasn't come down to earth that has come out of nowhere. Winnipeg Jets, too. Come on. You got to give Winnipeg Jets some due. This was a team stripped their captain this offseason. Directionless. A boat without a rudder. Just no idea what this year was in store. I thought they were going to implode. Everybody was going to turn on the coach and the GM, and it was just going to be chaos in that locker room. Don't look now. They're playing pretty dang good hockey. Hockey for second in the central. Kyle Connors taking over this team. It's his team now. Pierre-Luc Dubois has turned his season around, his career around, really. After the turmoil with Torts, getting traded for Patrick Laine, coming into Winnipeg, not really having a good first salvo with the Winnipeg Jets. He's got 48 points in 41 games. Josh Morris, he playing like a Norris contender. Connor Hellebuck doing what Connor Hellebuck does. This team, for whatever reason, this year is playing to its potential. Connor, Dubois, Morrissey, Shifley, Wheeler, Lowry, Lowry, they're all playing really solid hockey. I would have not have guessed this to start the year. I thought they were going to miss the playoffs. They need to blow this team up. I think they're going to add a deadline. I think they're playing great, great hockey. So mine's the Winnipeg Jets. That's, that's my pick. On the other side of this, teams that were supposed to be in contention midway through the season. Maybe aren't. Maybe they were supposed to be a bad team and they're an atrocious team. They're just embarrassing themselves. Who's who's had a bad start to the year, Tim? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of teams you could pick from here. And I went back and forth. This is maybe the hardest choice I had to make. But even though they weren't supposed to be like, you know, cup contenders or anything, I'm still disappointed in the Vancouver Canucks. You know what I mean? Like they, it felt like they started to have a little bit of clarity. It felt like the worst was behind them. When you lock up JT Miller, you get those young kids. They talked about, about just having another year to develop and grow. You suddenly start rowing in the right direction. And it's just been another year of pain and frustration and disappointment for them since the get-go. You know, they started off, what did they lose, like four of their first five or something? Like after JT Miller talked about how important it was to have a good start to the season. I know the expectations weren't that high for them. Some maybe like a team like Florida, for example. But I am still surprised at how bad Vancouver's been. So that's my pick. I went back and forth on this. Vancouver's the easiest pick right now florida is obviously underperforming i think they will write the ship a little bit maybe too little too late for them gosh mine's the montreal canadians i'm staying north of the border 
for a team that is spending to the cap, they have zero cap space available. They are paying multiple, multiple forwards north of $3 million. Like I'm talking eight forwards get $3 million or more dollars. They should be a high-flying, offensively gifted, scoring juggernaut. They stink. Other than that first line, everybody's just underperforming. And even that first line is starting to come down to earth a little bit. And Montreal Canadiens, they sit in the basement, Tim. No sign of any sort of promising play from these guys of late. They just, they're losing games and it's not even close. There's no push pushback at all. They're, they're second last in the Eastern Conference behind Columbus, who has its own ball of wax to deal with. But I expected more from the Montreal Canadiens this season. I really did. They have a decent amount of talent up front. When you look at their lines, when you look at the players that they have, I always come away going, these guys should be better. Caulfield, Suzuki, Doc, Dvorak, first overall pick, Slavovsky just goes out there and just gets blown up every single game. Josh Anderson, Dadanov, Joel Armia, Mike Hoffman, Jonathan Drouin. There's some good players up front, and they're just not producing. So that's my pick, the Montreal Canadiens. Did you see for the Vancouver Canucks, they're already talking about buying out JT Miller? Yeah, yeah. Man, it's not a good sign when you're 40 games into your seven or eight year contract and the buyout talks have started. It's, it's, wait, I don't think it even has started yet. Doesn't it not kick in until next year? Yeah. Oh, man. It's before he even makes a dollar on that deal. He gets bought out, which could be genius if you're JT Miller, because then you could just sign with any good team. You have that money in your back pocket guaranteed and you can just go in and sign with a contender for 2 million bucks and you, you win multiple Stanley cups and you're still making eight because you're still getting however many you're going to get from your bio, which is a substantial amount. So gosh, the Vancouver Canucks are just so dysfunctional. It's, it's really, really bad. So yeah, Vancouver, Montreal, Florida, all those are Chicago. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of teams, Arizona playing in that, this high school arena. Let's move on to players, individual awards. Midway through the season. Who is your most surprising player, Tim? Who's just exceeding expectations? Who do you got? I'm going off the board a little bit with this one with a guy we don't really talk about too, too much. But for me, it's Jamie Benn in Dallas. We have been very, very critical of him over the years and probably deservedly so because he has not performed to his contract. And you can make the case he's not really performing to his contract now based on the money that he makes. But he's having a really good bounce back year. 15 goals, 22 assists, 37 points in 42 games. He's on pace for what call that 70 um, and he's, he does that. He still does everything. You know what I mean? Like he's still a physical guy. He's probably not the, the speed that he used to have, but to the captain of this team, I think they're probably, like I said, my team, my pick out in the West to, to go to the cup. And Jamie Ben has been a huge part, part of that. I'm really glad to see that he's thriving. So that would be my pick. Can't go wrong with that pick. He's good. He he's well, other than Robertson, Pavelski and Heinz, hence he's, he's <laughs> been a, he's been the main yeah. Ben Ottinger and Heiskanen. Sagan and Sagan. <laughs> but he's definitely one of the pieces of that team. I'm going. He's definitely on that team. He's definitely on that team. I'm going with Miko Rantanen. Yeah. I, I think just what he Surprise, did with Colorado. Though? Surprise? I think surprising how he stepped up to the plate when there was all those injuries for that team. And he really did kind of hold the fort with Landeskog, with Nashuskin with McKinnon, 
with Bowen Byram, all these high-end guys out of the lineup. And he was the the one the one mainstay. He was there. And so I, I don't know. He might even be in the MVP category right now. He's he's had a great season, Miko ranted it. He's really Agreed. he's a great player. I did not think he could like carry a team like he did. So Miko Ranton. There's a lot of good players, a lot of good stories, but I think Miko Ranton and he's my pick. All right. A good or a bad player. Oh, I don't like talking about negative stuff. You know me. I'm a very positive guy, but I guess we have to do it. There's some obvious picks. Jack Campbell. Low hanging fruit. Just really having a terrible season. My pick. Former Stanley Cup winner. I think he won the con Smythe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Levi thinks he does too. Levi, did he win the con <laughs> he's, Smythe? He's dreaming. He's, he's dreaming, dreaming about this guy. I'm going to say Ryan O'Reilly. Oh, St. Louis Blues centerman. Currently injured. Not going to hold it against him. Leading the league. In minus holds the green jacket. Ooh. Having a terrible season by his standards, really not giving the St. Louis Blues much to trade him because he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. And when you try to trade a guy, you want to get him when he's playing fantastic hockey. You want something to look forward to. He's having the worst season of his career. He's playing terrible, terrible defensively, terrible offensively. And to boot, he's hurt now, out for a few weeks. So Ryan O'Reilly, I don't know what happened this year, but it's just not happening. He is my huge disappointment of the season so far. That's funny because I, I I picked two guys, but one of them was Tarasenko for <laughs> basically the same reason. You know, this is the guy entering his contract season. He had 34 goals, 82 points last year. I thought he was going to go off and have a monster year. He's 31 years old. This is his last chance to cash in. I thought he was going to go score 40 to 45 and and just get himself a nice paycheck. And I had him on all my fantasy, you know, sleeper picks and all that. And he's just been disappointing. He's he produced a little bit, but only 10 goals, uh, 29 points in 34 games. So it's not like a total, total bust. But this, no, this is, he's a goal scorer. That's what you want him on your team for. And like you said, he's also hurt. I don't think he's missing as much time as O'Reilly, but he's going to miss like a month or something. And the Blues have just been sort of a disaster all season long. And then the other one, I would say in addition to him, and this is kind of an obvious one too, but Huberdeau. Huberdeau, yeah. 115 points last year. You wanted way more from this guy. It's really disappointing that you're not getting it. I don't know if it's Calgary. I don't know if it's Canada. I don't know if it's teammates. I don't know if it's the, the coach, the system, the if he's still in shock from the trade or what. But eight goals in 39 games. And I know he's a disher first and foremost, but he's well below point per game average when he had 115 last year. So either one of those guys major disappointments agreed all right one bold prediction tim and a couple couple news and we'll get out of here what is your bold prediction for the second half of the season um i have two quick ones and you're not gonna you always hate my bold predictions so i don't even know if i want to share them but i will the first one they're always not bold the first one I, okay. Bold prediction: it, The Bruins are gonna get the President's Trophy. Oh my! <laughs> is it bold to say something's happened the last five or six years in a row? It's gonna happen again. Is that bold? No. But I think the Leafs are gonna lose again in the first round. I don't care. You you sort of buy into something. They're gonna lose yet again. It's probably gonna end up being um, uh, 
Tampa, just the way the standings will shake out. But it's going to happen again. I really believe that. And the second one is a little bit bolder. Uh, you're also not going to like this one. Alex Ovechkin, he's going to hit the 60-goal mark this year. He's on pace. John, John just fell out of the camera. He's on pace for 55 now. And it's got their two. They got Backstrom and Wilson back. I think he could do it. I honestly think he could do it. And if he does it this year and next year, he's going to break the record next year, let alone. I honestly think he's probably has a better chance of getting a thousand goals than not breaking Gretzky's record. So that's not my bold prediction, but I think he could get 60. That's my bold. What did he do last year? He did the same thing last year. He scored like Uh, a million goals in his first 20 games. That didn't happen this year. It didn't happen this year. He's got 29 and 43. That's a pretty good start. Yeah, but it was way more like absurd last year. I'll stay on the goal scoring train with my bold prediction. Austin Matthews is having a a slow start to his season. His Rocket Richard Trophy hopes are not great. He's got 20 goals in 41 games. So it's very unlike him. I predict he wins the Rocket Richard Trophy. He catches fire in the second half of the season. He catches Connor McDavid, who's got 34 goals right now. And Austin Matthews just absolutely lights it up. He puts 40 goals in in 40 games, and he wins with 60 goals. That's my prediction right now. He, he He can't keep on this pace of not scoring goals. His shots haven't slowed down. His shooting percentage isn't where it is historically. He's sitting at like 11.6 right now. Historically, he's a lot higher. Let's see. Where is it at here? Shooting percentage, 16%. So he's shooting well below his, his average. He's going he's gonna to light up in the second half. That's my prediction. He's going to win the Rocket Richard Trophy, Austin Matthews. The Toronto Maple Leafs are going to go to the Stanley Cup Championship. Wow. That is bold. You're right. Yeah, that is bold. All right, some quick hits, Tim. What do you got? Yeah, speaking of Matthews, I'm going to give you a short list of players. Travis Konechny, Willie Nylander, Braden Point, Mark Scheifele, Timo Meyer. What do they all have in common? They're great all-stars. They all have more goals than Austin Matthews. That shouldn't be the case here in January 11th. That's like They're good hockey players. They're not better goal scorers than Austin Matthews. Something's off there. Um, you could be right with that bold prediction, but he's not even the leading his own team in goals. Yeah. Yeah. Leaps are the best team in the league. Speaking of, uh, I was looking at that this morning. The Sabres lead the league in goals per games played 3.87. Do you remember what Florida's number was last year? Was it about four? It was four? over four. Yes. It was over yeah. four. Yeah, still really, really good. They're one goal behind Boston, but they played one fewer, one less game. Um, but really, really cool. When you think about the success the Sabres have had, it's not for lack of scoring goals, not for lack of offense with all those guys we talked about. Agreed. They're doing well. <laughs> Thanks. And then uh, <laughs> the last one here, Matty Beniers has scored in five straight. And the Kraken have won six straight games. And also in that goal scoring front, I think they're third in the league in goals for. For a team that doesn't have any like 40, 50 goal scorers, they just have the depth, the depth and the system that seems to work. And I, we should spend some more time digging into how they've been so successful this season. Because you look at their roster, you're not really impressed. There's no names that blow you away. But you look at their the success and they just keep winning and they keep scoring a lot of goals. It's really cool to see. 
I'm thinking about scoring goals. You can score all the goals you want. It's 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 about how many you keep out of your net. Sabres score a lot of goals. They also give up a lot of goals. So the, the stat that's sexy to me is the Bruins have only given up 85 goals this year. That's unbelievable. The next closest has given up 107. 22 more goals is the next closest team. That's remarkable. They're lapping the field when it comes to plus minus for goals. It's it's remarkable. They're almost two to one goals for to goals against. The Bruins are just making this league look like a laughing stock for the first half of the season. They really are. Tim's sweating. It's amazing. He's so excited. But it is amazing what they're doing. What is they have two regulation losses so far? They're they're having a very good season. Gosh, they haven't lost amazing. the regulation at home yet. Still. Yeah. It's they're January. To watch. It's amazing. Like tops in power play percentage, tops in PK percentage, tops in almost goals for, tops in goals against. Have the Vesna Trophy candidate, have the Norris Trophy candidate. They're they're playing fantastic hockey. Everything they're doing is right. The only thing that could hurt this team was injury. They're older. They played a lot of hockey. If they catch the injury bug, that's the only thing that stops them at this point in the season. And I don't think that's going to happen. They're playing great. Boston Bruins. Wow. Who would have thought? Not me. Tim did. Tim's the man. All right. Anything else, Tim? Nope. That's it. We got uh, Soder Bloom on Friday. Soder Bloom. Very cool. Detroit Red Wing prospect. I'm excited to talk to him. All right, everybody. Have a good Wednesday. We'll talk to you on Friday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 